Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. And be ready in Psalms 1. We've had a theme going here. I'm not so sure. I didn't necessarily share it with the musicians, with the singers, but it seems like the theme has been understood of to have faith. But that's not a, not a, that's a word we overuse. Yes, I have faith. But do you have faith to overcome the impossible even in your life? And I ask you to be ready right now in Matthew 16, verse 5. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had for the other side of uh, the Galilean lake, Lake Galilee, they had forgotten to take bread. They didn't have any food. And Jesus said to them, out of the blue, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. They thought he was talking about bread, real live bread. That's what you want is a live bread too, by the way. But uh, they misunderstood. so easy for them to misunderstand things lately. And he had just had a conversation with the Pharisees. Pharisees had confronted him and said, Why do your disciples eat and not wash their hands? Today, probably none of us would do that unless we were in the woods but I, I say this to you that uh, they were constantly, no matter what Jesus and his men did, they would have challenged him, confronted him. They would have uh, come against him. And some of it was because of those around. Pharisees were supposed to be leaders. Jesus calls them false leaders, blind leaders of the blind. But... Uh, we have this thing where we're talking about leaven. Leaven. I've never done it. Sounds very interesting. But you, t you take a lump of dough and you put, le you put leaven in it? Ah, that's why it wouldn't work at home. You put yeast in it and you let it sit for a while and the yeast permeates every part of that lump of of dough and it expands and that's what he's talking about here he's talking about that which the false teachers the religious leaders were teaching the people and it was permeating through all their body and mind and soul and here uh, he's talking about he's talking about the things of the ungodly leaven the teachings of the ungodly. And there's more teachings of ungodly things than there are godly things. Amen? We have to understand that. Back in verse 6, it says again, Then said Jesus to them, Take heed and beware of the, the teachings, the, the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Wow. And verse 7, they reasoned among themselves, saying, Is this because we have taken no bread? The disciples were easily confused, especially when it came to food. 
I'm a little confused right now because my wife is away and I have to make my own meals. And I can't choose between what's on the list. She makes me a list. And right by now, the list is almost done. So I uh, don't know what that means yet. He says, ye of little faith. Even with what they had seen, they had little faith. Oh, ye of little faith, he said. This is my challenge to you. Decide to develop great faith. Big faithers versus little faithers kind of says it all. Decide to develop in your life faith. Oh, you would say, I have it. Everyone in here has it, I'm sure. But is it the kind that permeates every part of your body, all your actions and your thoughts? And it doesn't happen because, okay, okay, I'll develop great faith. But you got to put action to your words and start learning the word of God and learning to pray and letting that permeate through you. Verse 9 of our text. Do you not yet understand? Neither do you remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets you took up? Don't Forget God's blessings. Now listen, we are his children. I speak right now to the youth among us. One of the, one of the e- most easiest things done in a family is the children taking for granted the blessings of their parents. The children taking it for granted and seeing, oh, you know, my, my, my friends are allowed to do this. Why can't I? Well, your friends have a different type of parent. Your parents are trying to help you develop disciplines in your life. And what they want to do is youth. They want to have it so that when you leave the nest, you won't need a parent to tell you not to do that because you'll have a parent that you listen to that will tell you what to do or not to do. Don't forget God's blessings. We have so many distractions around us. So many distractions going on all around. It's like we're in a battlefield. And bombs are going on all, off, all around us. And we've got to get to that spot right there, that spot up there with bombs going on. So many distractions. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Verse 12. Then understood how they, they bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine, the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 6 again, kind of wanted to be in your hearts. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now the Sadducees were very sad, you see, because they didn't believe in life after death. Once you're dead, you're dead. The Pharisees believed in legalism. You have to do this, 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 and this to get to heaven. You have to do this, 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 and this, and this uh, to, to have the, the, 
the power of God on you. You can't do this, this, this. Bunch of rules and regulations. Washing your pots and pans seven times. Obviously washing your, washing your hands before you eat, which is a pretty good thing nowadays, amen? Then said Jesus to them, take heed of the teachings. Leaven. Take, beware of the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Leaven today, modern day, modern day teachings of the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Leaven, teachings on purity and holiness. Working at living a holy life, which is separated from sin to serve. Holiness, sanctification is to separate yourself from sin. Even questionable, oh, I don't know if this is right or not. So I don't take a chance. I don't want you to take the chance. You don't get hurt by uh, saying no to new things. Leaven, teachings on purity and holiness. Leaven, marriage versus living together. There's more people living together in our country than there are that are married now because it's acceptable. It's permeated into our society. Leaven, the Bible, as the ultimate word of God. No, it's not, they say. There's so many errors in it, and there's not. There's not errors in it. 53rd chapter of Isaiah has... 19 mistakes they found from the original manuscript, manuscript to modern-day King James Bible. 19 mistakes, and they were all conjunctions. They were all ifs, ands, and thus. That for 2,500 years, 2,500 years, 3,500 years, uh, through just the, the mark of a pen by accident, ifs, ands, and thus. But everything else in that, in that original manuscript in, in the book of Isaiah was perfect, word perfect. Eleven, teachings on purity and holiness. Eleven, teachings on marriage or living together. Eleven, the Bible, creation. There's more evidence of creation than there, than there is of the Big Bang Theory. You hear the word theory? There's evidence for creation. I uh, just want to say this. When we take the foundation out of a house, off the bottom of the house, what happens to the rest of the house? I thought about how I was going to do this, but I think looking around, was going to use the offering place, but they're a little full right now. Thank you. But if I was to take these offering baskets, and if I was to place them on top of this basket, this basket is their foundation. If I take the foundation, foundational teachings of, of, of Christianity, if I take it away, what happens? And that's what happens to us and our youth. If, we, if they are taught over and over and over again, Big Bang Theory, there is no God. There is no purity. There, there is no right and wrong. The only wrong is to call something wrong. There is no word of God. 
That's, that's just old, old, old stuff. Listen, when you take that foundation away from them, oh my goodness, their lives, for their life, all their life falls apart. I remember, I've told this story once, I can remember it, but my, my son Jamie was two, and we got him a big bag, a mesh bag of blocks. He left the room. I was sitting on the couch and I thought, you know, I'm going to build a tower. And I built this most fantastic tower. It was about that tall. And it was, all of you have done it. You've all done it. It was like this. And I sat back and I tried to breathe the other direction. And I was so proud of my creation. Till my two-year-old came down the hallway, saw it and kicked the bottom block out. Listen, dads, I was furious for three seconds. And then I giggled and thought, that's, that's crazy. That's what they're for. So he and I built forts and all. But that's what happens. If we allow the modern day leaven to permeate our lives and their lives, if they don't have the foundation of purity, holiness, marriage, Bible, creation. If they don't have that in their hearts and their lives, how to pray. We tell them to pray, but we don't teach them to pray. Teach them to pray. Wow. Our salvation, the word salvation today is so watered down. All roads of religion lead to heaven. You ever heard that? All roads lead to heaven. I had asked you to be ready. I do have it on the board, but you learn more when you follow along. To be ready in Psalms 1. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walks, not in the counsel of the ungodly. Teenagers, especially right now, let me read it in the teenage version. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of bad friends. Almost all of us here that have ever blown it in our life, earlier in our life, and regretted it too, we blew it because of bad friendships. Oh, it's okay. You're missing out on so much. It's okay. Nobody cares. Somebody cares. Blessed is a man that walks not in the friendship of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of those doing sin, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. There's a progression there. Walk, stand still, and then sit, be comfortable with them. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Another version. His delight is in the word of God, the Bible. And in his law, he does meditate day and night. The next verse. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. That's his life. And whatever he does, he will prosper. Psalms 1, 1, 2, and 3. In the same Psalm, verse 4, 
The ungodly aren't like that. Ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind blows away. But the sun is just right, and the wind is just right, and when you're walking through a field with, filled with weeds, you can see all, all the seed pods and the, the chaff, those things blowing in, in the air. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. In verses 5 and 6 on the board, Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Wow. The ungodly shall perish. Back in verse 6, what did Jesus say? Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Beware of the leaven. I move on to 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the later times, that's now, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Leaven that permeates our society. There are more people in this world by far that live ungodly lives than those that live godly lives. So, what is the Pharisees? Leaven, what is it? Or what is the doctrine of devils? What are they? Huh. All good people go to heaven. You've heard that before. Years ago, years ago, everybody loves Raymond. I think you can still see it now, some of those higher stations. Everybody loves Raymond. And the daughter, Allie, Ali Barone was upset about something and dad went in to talk to her and, and he said, are, are, are you upset about going to heaven or hell? And she said, oh, no, on nationwide TV, she said, some writer wrote this. She said, for everyone to hear, oh, no, dad, everybody knows that all good people go to heaven. It's absolutely not true. There are good people in hell who never accepted Jesus Christ, never accepted him as their Lord. And we have the leaven saying all good people, all good people go to heaven. That's not true. So I come down to, I have five bad teachings of the Pharisees, of the, the leaven of this world, of the doctrines of devils. If I'm the devil, and I believe he's real, if I'm the devil, that's the first one I want you to know. I want society to think, as long as I don't hurt anybody, I can go to heaven. That's a false teaching, and that will, that will put a lot of people into hell and not heaven. Number two, 
Acts chapter 2. Let me explain to you in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, Peter and the, the, the disciples are giving a, giving a, a sermon to 3,000 people. 3,000 people. Jesus has just resurrected from the dead in, in front of him, in front of them. And now they're all standing before Peter and he's just told them that they, they murdered the Messiah. In the sermon, they proved he was the Messiah, the Messiah, the coming of Christ. He was the Christ. And then they are pricked in their hearts it says, and in Acts 2.37, we see, in Acts 2.37, we see that repentance is so important. I'll get to this in a minute, but the second law, the second law of, of the devils, the second law of Pharisees is that repentance isn't necessary for heaven. Live your life any way you want. Repentance isn't necessary, a second law. And in Luke 13, I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Jesus' words. You can read it. What does the devil want you to believe? You don't have to change your life. The word repentance is all through the Old and New Testament. Some of you in Pastor Rodney's class, uh, you just did Jonah. And he went through the town of Nineveh saying, repent, or you're all going to die. And secretly in his heart, he didn't, want him to, he didn't want him to repent. He wanted them to die and go to hell. But they repented and he got mad at them. He got mad at God. Repentance is necessary for heaven. Acts 2.37 Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men, brethren, what should we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. Now repent is a very difficult word to understand. It simply means this. Turning around, changing your direction in life, changing your, your, your heart and your life for Christ. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Number three, obedience. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm a dad and a granddad, I want obedience for my children and grandchildren. When we were last down in uh, Stanton, Virginia to visit my grandchildren, my son and wife family down there, we, we went to a Walmart or something, and they said, Papa, you stay with Brianna. Oh, nobody else wanted to, huh? She practically empties, she practically empties uh, 
an aisle onto the floor. She is just so reckless. And then she did the ultimate. She took a foam football. I said, no! Oh, I'm, I'm saying obey me! No! Did she obey me? She disobeyed. Now what are you supposed to do, Papa's out there? How much power do we have to discipline, to take away things from, for that? But obedience isn't necessary. You can live your life any way you want. You don't have to obey. And believe me, one of the, one of the benefits of being a kid right now is learning to obey even when you don't want to. Because believe me, five, ten years from now, you're going to be called upon to obey and to say no to this temptation even when you don't want to. Is obedience necessary for heaven? 1 John 2, 3 and 4. Hereby we do know that we know him. Here's how we know that we are saved. If we keep. The word keep is literally our word for obey. If we obey his commandments. He that says I know him. I, I know who he is. And keeps not his commandments. Obeys not his commandments. Is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Obedience is important. And for our children to learn to obey now, while they have a higher authority in their lives, their parents, grandparents, I wish, so that when they're older and away from the nest, away from the higher authority in their lives, they'll always have a higher, higher authority. Obedience, teaching and training our children to be obedient. You're here at the early service on a Sunday morning, preaching to the choir, so to speak. You're here, but the leaven of modern-day Pharisees, of this society, the, the doctrines of devils, is that church isn't necessary. Church attendance isn't necessary to get to heaven. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some are, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Is church attendance important? I want you to know in the first century it was. People would die than, diso than disobey the scriptures. They would choose death. You go to, you go to church, you're gonna, we're going to put you in prison. They go to church. And by the way, that's kind of what's happening in different parts of our world right now. And in China, the underground church is almost, right now, it's because you're not allowed to leave your house. And they have drones above the streets watching for people leaving their house. And they get arrested in the middle of the night for leaving the house. I don't know where this is going to go once the coronavirus is done. I wonder if they'll keep that. Church. Huh. 
Same scripture, Hebrews 10. For if we sin willfully on purpose, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation. That just applies to you who are, are sinning. You know it's wrong and you continue it anyway. Church is so important. And the Wednesday night and even Sunday night, uh, churchcomers probably are tired of hearing about Jabesh Gilead. But Jabesh Gilead were two and a half families of, of Israel that stayed behind on the other side of the Jordan. Everybody else went to the other side, but they stayed behind. And they, they built up their lives over here, but they had no support. They had, they, had no, they had no support from the king, King Saul in this case. And then they get, they get uh, attacked by a, a large army. And I'm in 1 Samuel 11. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant, a treaty with us, and we will serve thee. Because we're so likely to surrender when we don't have the support of others. We surrender! Huh. Verse 2, Nahash says, Okay, on this condition... Make a covenant with you that I may thrust out your right eyes. They had no support. They had no help. This is your support. This is your help. Don't be like Jabesh Gilead. Of course, I'm speaking to the choir. So likely to surrender to anything if you don't have a body of believers, teachers helping you. Bearing fruit-bearing, and growing. Is it necessary? You don't, have, you don't have to grow in the Lord. You don't have to bear fruit. You don't have to do things. Fruit-bearing. Is it necessary? Doctrine of the devils. Bearing fruit, a personal and personal growth. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment of seed of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, while in his body, according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. It is important to grow. It is important to bear fruit. It is important to be useful to the Lord. Wow. Just going to read this in Matthew 13, 23. He that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word, understands it, and bears fruit, and brings forth fruit, useful to the kingdom, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And this is what I want you to see. I'll be shutting down now. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. And they shall cast them 
into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of, of teeth. What were those things again? Those five teachings of today's Pharisees, the leaven that goes into us. Not one here hasn't been touched by it somehow. What were they? Easy believism. The most important one is all you have to do is say this prayer, and I'll be saying the prayer in a minute. But all you have to do is say this prayer, and, and you'll go to heaven. Do whatever you want then. Easy believism. Don't hurt anybody. Just be good. Help, help the elderly across the street. The elderly probably don't want your help, by the way. They've learned to cross the street by themselves generally. Easy believism. All good people go to heaven. Number two was repentance isn't necessary. Live your life any way you want. Just don't hurt anybody. We don't have to repent. We don't have to change. There are those that are very much against change. That's what the word repentance means. You're very much against repentance or reaching other people for Christ. It's the great commission that we are to invite others to fill these pews. It's Jesus' command. We don't, we don't want it to be like this every week, every week, every week. We need to have souls in our pews. We need the, we need the, the current pew sitters to do their inviting or witnessing to others, simply sharing their own story even to others. Or go to hell if you don't. Easy believism, repentance, obedience, that's not necessary. And yet, here's how we know we're in him when we obey. The fourth one was church. It's not important. Those people are all sinners. I'm a better person than most of them. The word of God says church, ecclesia, the body of believers, not the building. Sometimes we glorify the building too much. The people, the church, is so necessary for our growth and for our support and to give us peace, to protect us. And the last one was bearing fruit isn't important. It isn't important to grow. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as the musicians come? I want to go through these with your heads bowed and eyes closed and lock your heart upon God right now, upon my, upon my voice for a moment. The first one was easy believism. Easy believism. If, if you're here, if you believe you're going to heaven because you're good, you're a good person. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags, the Bible says. Don't trust in your good works. Develop faith in God. If, if you believe you're going to heaven because you said this little prayer but never had repentance, never had change, would you pray this prayer with me but mean it with your heart? He's listening. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. 
I know, Lord, the penalty, you would say, for being a sinner is that I can't go to heaven. But I know on the cross, you died for my sins. You paid my penalty. Oh God, forgive me. I confess my sins to you. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And be my Savior and be my Lord. Once and for all, finally, be my Savior. And I mean this with all my heart and intend to grow. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if anybody prayed that prayer, it's important. It's important that someone knows. I'd like to know right now if you prayed that prayer and meant it with all your heart. Would you raise your hand that I might see? Anybody pray that prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for being so real to us. Help us, dear Lord, with our repentance, changing the little things in our life, which ultimately affects the big things. Help us, dear Lord, to seek to grow and to be useful to you, to help fill this church. And Lord, to be kind, kinder to one another. Lord, we ask you to Hear us, Lord, even as we sing this hymn to you. In Jesus' name, amen.